Have you ever had every intention of pushing something off for just a little bit and then a million things happen and before you know it, it seems like forever has passed? Of course you have. You're a coach, which is why we graciously thank you if you are a returning listener for your patience in this almost year hiatus. Uh, if you are new to us, it's not always like this, we promise, though we do have some gaps because you know how it goes. But we are always planning on coming back to the mic, but you know, life. Uh, and if you don't follow us on social or know us personally, the big reason for the break is that I am back in coaching. You are listening to the new head softball coach and associate AD at LaGrange College in LaGrange, Georgia. It's seriously a dream gig for me, guys. My boss is amazing. The entire department and the school are so welcoming and supportive. Guys, even the president of the college actually knows who I am and knows my girls. Speaking of my girls, wow, am I grateful for my predecessor and her recruitment of amazing humans. They shared what they wanted out of the season. They put in the work. Many went above beyond. <clears throat> my uh, haven't pitched since high school girls who stepped up and pitched for us this year. And even though we did not have the outcome we wanted, to be quite honest, we fell way short of our goals. Even though we weren't happy with it and it took a while to get over the sting, we all looked back and it was such an awesome season. And I got to be honest here, I don't think I would have bounced back from that or had a, such a great experience with it if I hadn't had Mental Sweet Spot and Alicia and our Sweet Spotters for the past four years. I've learned so much and have grown tremendously. And that's what I want to share with you today. Listen in as I share the five lessons I learned from my favorite and least successful season. Here we go. Get your head in the game, coach. You're about to get your audio dose of softball inspiration. I'm Melanie Rushing. And I'm Alicia Smith. And we help softball teams win more games and have more fun. Right now, you're joining thousands of passionate coaches across the nation who are dragging the field, prepping for the day, or driving to that other job while they learn and grow as a coach. So if you're ready to learn how to build a strong team culture, get your players to believe, and make a real difference in their lives, you're in the right place. This is the Mental Sweet Spot Podcast. Hey, everybody! We have missed you! <laughs> so you get singing, Mel, because I'm excited. Um, and it's not very good singing, so I apologize for that. But we are back, and the only problem we had with coming back was deciding <laughs> what to talk about, because we will have to need, like, uh, six episodes to recap Alicia's season. Um, I'm going to wrap mine up here for you guys. So for y'all who stuck around, see, I say y'all now. I am officially a Georgian. I say y'all and it actually feels a little more natural. Still sounds weird. Uh, <laughs> but we are here. We are back. We've missed you. And today we're going to be talking about uh, the five things I learned through what I call one of my least successful seasons. But most enjoyable. Uh, so yeah, here we go. I want to tell Alicia what my things are, and then we're going to start from there. Um, so number one, first thing I learned is person first, which you all know, <laughs> we talk about this a lot, but this hands down is the number one thing that made this season awesome. So for those who don't know, uh, we ended with what looks like an awful record, got run ruled a bunch of times. Um, but if you were at the field, you wouldn't know. I actually got this feedback from uh, one of our, our men's basketball head coach because um, our girls are awesome. And it's because I got to know the girls so much better than I did at my last job. Uh, sorry, Kalamazoo girls, I failed you there. Um, but 
that has really been the game changer here. I was able to help them adjust more quickly. I was able to talk to them about more impactful things. Uh, so I want to bring Alicia in on this too, because she's been doing this for years. Uh, so Alicia, throwing it to you first, person first, how do you do this? What are the things other than just like get to know them as a person? <laughs> what are the things that you do? Um, interesting. I know that we still have yet to talk about and summarize my season, but I think this was first and foremost, I think this year for me too. And I think what it had to do with the fact is that they're feeling a lot of different things and, mm -hmm. and we think we know, but we don't. And it, it is getting to know them, but it's also validating their feelings, I think, and allowing them a safe place and a safe space in order to talk about it feel okay to cry because feel normal feel yeah. normal. And mm -hmm. I think that one of the things that we'll talk about with my season is it was the first kind of real normal season we've had for mm -hmm. almost three years. Right. So since 2019, um, because 20, obviously we didn't have a season and 21 was not normal by any means. So I think that understanding where they're coming from, from a high school perspective, from a college perspective during, during school, right? They've got mm -hmm. a lot of other things going on. And I think that's a lot of it is just validating their feelings and let them have that space to cry and not tell them to suck it up because <laughs> you know, that's, that's the worst thing that we could do in this situation. And um, as we'll talk about in the future, the result really didn't matter. Um, mm -hmm. These kids needed this time and this space in order to probably even let go of a lot of emotion that they felt for the last several years or uh, last mm -hmm. two years. Right. Um, and figuring out how to be normal again. So um, that was a, a challenge for as competitive as I am, um, as competitive as you are, as competitive as all other coaches are. Mm -hmm. That was the really tough piece to let go of that outcome piece and really just kind of focus on that person and on the kid and on the team and on the girls as human beings. Oh, yep, 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 yep. I think that's been biggest thing that helped us like perform better as well um and no spoilers i'm not telling you how alicia's season ended up i'll let her tell that in that episode but it worked out quite well for her as well um it's actually kind of i'm switching up my five i have like a bunch of things i learned but i'm adding this one now so i wrote i wrote this right after season i wrote it always hurts to lose and never really matters um so the act of losing uh used to like consume me like oh god that's another loss in the win or in the win loss column or like oh no like it's adding up now or oh what does that mean for the rest of the season um but when you realize that like yes it's always gonna hurt um it does affect you it does mean something but it doesn't have to mean something about the next game about the next practice, about uh, you as a player, as a coach, as a program. So that was the biggest thing to me, especially because we had a bunch of rough games. Uh, we didn't have enough pitching. <laughs> that was a big deal. Um, our number one who had been the number one the past couple seasons, she went through pretty much the whole season. I didn't uh, overwork her because we know how that happens pretty easily. And she still ended up getting injured. So I'm really glad I pulled back a little bit, but then 
our number two was battling through injury the whole year. She'd have games where she just would look at me with tears in her eyes. Like, I can't go coach. And I, I, I hurt for her. Um, but then our number three and four pitchers were girls who play the field who were like, Hey coach, um, I've, I've pitched in high school. I can help. <laughs> so props to them. They held their own, um, and did a great job, but it is not the same as being conditioned and ready to pitch at the college level. So we gave up a lot of runs. Our defense tried to work. Um, our bats were doing pretty, honestly, pretty good, but we kept hitting at people. So then when you look at the score, you're like, well, F word, <laughs> like, what are we going to do now? Um, but then I kept coming back to, no, that, that doesn't define us. That's just, uh, I don't know, info point information for moving forward. So how in your career, Alicia, cause you may be even more competitive than I am. How do you yes, I am. <laughs> get past, especially in the moment of uh, how do you get past that initial like emotion of like being pissed off or being frustrated, whatever that emotion is for you. How do you get past that so that you can move the girls into what's more important, the learning from it? That's a good question because I think that's hard for me. Um, mm -hmm. I've been successful at it and I've been horrible at it. I think um, regardless of how many years of experience I have, um, the emotion from me comes from the fact that I know they can and mm -hmm. I know it's there. Um, and I, I go through stages or I go through different, uh, years, different weeks, different months where yes, losing sucks. I hate losing more than I love winning. And I think that as a coach, I've learned to try my best not to take it personal. And I think that's where a lot of the emotion comes from, especially from competitive people. It's how we react to the girls. It's important. So, um, I have yelled and screamed. I have kicked buckets. I have done the whole gamut, right, of anything and everything with the emotion when it comes to losing. But one, I want to give you credit for fostering an environment and a culture that those kids felt comfortable enough and willing to come forward to say, hey, I can help, mm -hmm. right? And I think that that's awesome because that takes a lot of, um, that, that's really important, I think, to foster a culture in an environment that is, that is that safe for the kids to say, hey, I can help, even though that they know that they're not going to be great, they're willing to try. Mm -hmm. uh, I think it's awesome. So kudos to you for that. Mm. I wanted to mention that. But I think what it is really, Mel, is that in the heat of the moment, it's very difficult to control my emotions. That's because I'm a very emotional coach. I'm a very emotional person. Mm -hmm. um, but I've had to rely heavily on my assistant coaches, right? Like, when mm -hmm. I am really feeling a certain way about something, having a conversation with them on the sidelines in the dugout after the game to, to kind of check myself, right. Mm -hmm. I need to be checked a lot. And I realize that about myself. And I think with the coaches who know me so well that surround me, they not only played for me, but they also know our coaching on the sidelines with me for many years. Mm -hmm. That's a really good check and balance for me. So mm -hmm. It, it, I look at them and I'm like, am I crazy here? Should I be really upset about this? And they may, Alicia, we haven't practiced that yet. Or, Hey, like they, maybe they just don't understand what you're asking them to do. We mm -hmm. can go back and practice it tomorrow. And then mm -hmm. we can talk to them and ask them, you know, do you understand? Are you confused? Mm -hmm. Um, what is, what is behind this? Um, the thing when I get the most upset though, is when I, when I know they can do better and they're not giving the effort. 
Mm-hmm. And that is usually when the beast is unleashed from me. Um, where that just of like <laughs> come to Jesus meeting. Come Here to we Jesus go. meeting, and we will talk about that. We had one of those, right? Uh-huh. Every, Every year. season has one. And that's usually the turning point. Um, mm-hmm. because by that point, I have said the same thing over and over to the girls about effort. And I praise the effort when it's there, like no tomorrow. And mm-hmm. really what it is, I think, is getting them to get past the fear of failure. Mm-hmm. Once they reach that point, mm-hmm. the effort is there. So mm-hmm. I think that that's really where um, I have had to shift my mindset and recognize when I am mm-hmm. there in the heat of the moment uh, during mm-hmm. a game, for example, and really rely on, you know, my assistant coaches. And other times they'll say, you know what, you are very validated in your feelings. Like <laughs> I totally <Yep>. am frustrated <laughs> too. Mm-hmm. And it's okay as a coach to get frustrated with your players. Yes. It's all yes. about building the relationship first and saying the right mm-hmm. things to them and never calling out an individual. It's mm-hmm. always about the team, the team, the team. So if mm-hmm. I'm upset with a two individuals, I will still yell at the team. Yep. Right? So, <laughs> yeah. um, if I have any issue with any individual, I will pull them aside and talk to them the day after. Mm-hmm. Hey, you know, and that's when all emotions are settled. So those are the types of things that I've had to rely on in my career and have helped me basically check myself, which I do need often. Mm-hmm. And I should have written this one down, but it's the same thing. Um, I actually am the opposite. So I need to be, and I, my girls actually asked for it. A couple of people on their like feedback forms in the season were like, um, can you like not be so nice after we lose? <laughs> <laughs> and I was like, okay, to be fair, at the end of the season, like we couldn't do anything else. <laughs> like, we just got to that point where our poor pitchers were just trying their best. We were just a little beaten down. Mm-hmm. I wasn't going to rip into you then. However, there was one doubleheader. A, it was four hours away too. So it made it that much worse. We had a rough uh, car ride coming ahead of us, but we played one of our conference teams and they just bashed our heads in and don't get me wrong. They're good, but uh, not that good. Like they, that, sh- Oh, it was awful. And in that moment, I don't know what switched to me, but it like, it hit me and I became Alicia in the moment. I was like, what is going on? But I was like, basically <laughs> pouting. So I'm like, any other nugget, like, I don't know what else to do. I don't know what else to do. What do I say? Like, Come on. Ugh. And I just could, I was done. I was mentally out of it. And so I realized with their feedback and reflecting back on that game, like that was our come to Jesus meeting was on the bus. It's like, figure it out. Mm-hmm. <laughs> we are better than this. Mm-hmm. Um, and the thing is, the girls liked that. They were like, we, we do, we want to be pushed. But then in my head, I'm like, well, shoot, it's too late now. Like I need to do that more. So my goal this upcoming season is to put on serious Mel hat during practice more. So I put on chill Mel hat too much. Um, so that way, when we get to those moments where if we have that, if I like, hey, no, like lock it down, figure it out, they'll know, oh, okay, we've gone through this before. This is what she means. This is what to expect. And keeping those standards really high. Because I feel like um, I'm really good at in the moment, empathize, like even if I'm mad in the moment, like right away, I can switch to like, okay, I understand why you're going through this. You're probably feeling this way yourself. But at the same time, I need to do a better job of still holding that bar high, like still holding to the consequences, holding to the expectations and standards really, um, and pushing more that way. Our girls asked for it. They're ready for it. 
but I do not think if I had come in hot, like the girls are like, we thought you were going to come in hot coach. Uh, Cause I do have that side to me. I think if I had come in hot right away, um, especially because I didn't get that much time to hang out with them personally before we started fall ball, I think that would have fractured some relationships. I agree. Uh, and I think, I think the reason they asked for that is because by the, that point in the season, they mm-hmm. trusted you and they had built that relationship with you. Cause I've had mm-hmm. players tell me the same thing too, in the past, like we want you to yell at us more because that is, that is what they were looking for from me, but mm-hmm. it's because you had built that relationship with them that mm-hmm. they wanted more of that. Cause I agree. Any, anytime you come in hot, like you're just, you're not starting off on the right foot. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's, it's finding the balance. And I think you mentioned something that's really important to kind of revisit when you said it took me out of the game mentally. Like that is oh, when you yeah. know that if your frustration level is so high that you can't focus on coaching them, that mm-hmm. is when, that is when you need to check yourself. And that's what I meant by checking myself because mm-hmm. of, because of being such an emotional person, if I go out to coach third base and I've checked out because I'm so pissed off what happened the yes, evening before, yes. like I'm going to forget to send the runner or like, uh-huh. not think about like this being present in the situation. And I think that's really important mm-hmm. to me. This is my personal opinion. Coaching is not about you. Yes. It's about them and their re- mm-hmm. how they play is, is yes, there are certain things that are a reflection on you as a coach, the way they mm-hmm. act, their sportsmanship, the way they you know treat the other team, the umpires, of course, is a reflection on you, but their physical play is not a reflection on you. Right. If they aren't doing something right that that maybe they don't understand or they aren't performing up to your expectations, mm-hmm. then that is on you to go coach them mm-hmm. and, and help them figure it out. So yep. they may never win a state championship. They may never field a ground ball perfectly in their entire time they're playing for you, but that is something mm-hmm. that you need to go back and continue to continue to work on. It is not mm-hmm. a reflection on you as a coach about in your ability to coach, mm-hmm. I think is really what sometimes we get wrapped up in. And that's what I think triggers coaches mm-hmm. when they get mad is that ultimately they feel like it's a reflection on themselves and it's not, yep. and it's not about you. Mm-hmm. So so coach them like, and so mm-hmm. that's where I, I need to check myself yep. because I get emotional and I get angry and it's like, wait a minute, it, we just got to go back and coach them then. Mm-hmm. So, uh, just, I, I agree. I think kudos to you for, for going in the way you did and being in and being authentic to yourself. Like you're trying mm-hmm. to figure out how to push. And that's really what all coaches do every single day. Mm-hmm. When and where do we push, mm-hmm. but you still have to build that relationship first. Yep. Yep. Then that was my third one. It's not about you. <laughs> That's <laughs> like, hilarious. I didn't even know the list. <laughs> uh, yeah. Uh, no matter who you are, as coaches, we get into this because we want to help. So when we feel like we're not helping, we're not doing our job, we're not making a difference, that's when we get defensive, whether we mean to or not. And that's when things start to go sideways as a coach. So like that's the one I'm very direct with myself. Not about you. So making sure that figure out your triggers, figure out when you are starting to make it about you and when you are getting wrapped up in it and then knowing like, okay, I need to take a step back. So just like you were saying, you have to have your assistants check you. Mm-hmm. Same thing. It's like, no, it's not about me. It's about them and I'm good. Mm-hmm. I'm helping them. And then another piece of that that you mentioned, uh, the, the fear of failure piece. I heard something awesome in a business book. It was like, the fear of failure is overrated as an excuse. Um, who mm-hmm. was it? I think it was Seth Godin. I need to quote him on this. Um, it's overrated as an excuse because it's not actually the failure that we're afraid of. 
that's why telling people like, hey, softball is a game of failure doesn't really help. Yes. <laughs> like, uh, like I hear it all the time and yes, accurate, but it's still not helping. So the real issue becomes, and Alicia, you've told me time and again, when you're working directly with the girls, this is what they tell you. What you're really afraid of is judgment from, so like we coaches get judged all the time. <laughs> so yep. We get judged by the parents of our kids. We get judged by other coaches. We get judged by random fans. Uh, so that's really what we're afraid of. We're really afraid that like, oh, see, now they're going to know I'm not the best coach ever. They're not going to know I can't do everything right all the right. time. Um, but when you call it out like that and realize, no, 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 it's not about me. Like, <laughs> even when they do judge, they don't really care about how good of a coach you are. They're caring about their kid. Yep. Um, so that was one of the big ahas for me, too, is like, especially after that. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, oh, okay, I need to chill out too. Uh, and then just get back to our job. Go help. Go figure something out. Go ask questions. Um, so, yeah, <laughs> thanks for that segue. That's really um, Yeah, but I think also sometimes too, like I have gotten in this trap before, not often, but when it's happened, it's the game has slapped me right back in the face with reality. Like sometimes we give ourselves a little too much credit too. Like I've done that mm-hmm. in the past. Like, wow every call I make works like <laughs> oh suicide squeeze two outs let's do it like you're welcome team yeah. I called that right like and I think as coaches we can get ripped up in all of that too much you know and I'm I'm I think coaching as long as I have I realize that I am not I am not it's not about me it's about them and I could be the best coach in the world. And that doesn't matter if the kids can't understand what I'm trying to communicate to them. Mm. That's on me Mm -hmm. to communicate to them. Right. Um, my expectations and, and how I, how I love them, like, and how Mm. I coach for them and why I'm there for them every single day. And like, if I can get them to understand that the rest just kind of falls into place. So if it doesn't fall into place, then what am I not doing to have them understand my communication? It doesn't matter. I would not call myself a tactician. I would not, I don't even understand what it means sometimes when people are like, you outcoach them. I don't even know what that means. I, I don't, <laughs> Yeah. I, no, I'm not, I I'm not like this person who's analyzing a film for hours and uh-huh. like, oh, I need to do this and do that. Like, as far as I'm concerned, like a coaching staff is, is got so many moving pieces and have all the right expertise around. Like I surround myself mm-hmm. with really good coaches. Right. Mm-hmm. And I let my pitching coaches have everything like, mm-hmm. because that's their expertise. I know nothing yeah. about pitching. I'm not going to put to try. Like, so I want to say like, when it comes to like the emotional leader, that is what I am because that's mm-hmm. how I coach But if the kids don't buy into that or they don't fall into that, then, then it doesn't really matter. But again, mm-hmm. I think when you realize it's not about you and you really are there for them and you can let go of what other people think about you, Mm -hmm. the fear of judgment, right? Yeah. Yeah. You know, and I think sometimes I can still get kind of caught up in that. Like when, oh yeah, we had our first losing season last year, my entire career. Mm -hmm. Look what I just said. Yeah. Right. I started to say that Uh it's not all of a sudden it's my losing season. Like, no, I didn't play the games no more than if I had an undefeated season. Mm-hmm. So I think that that's kind of one of those things that you can still get caught up in. And it's mm-hmm. not that you're a bad coach. It's just that I think you need to check yourself often and realize mm-hmm. it's not about you and how, and that helps let go of some of that. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So as far as the yeah. kids go. Yeah. Absolutely. 
Yeah. Coaches often, I would say like <laughs> very, very, very often, like 99% of the time will, will take the losses on us, but we mm-hmm. give credit for the wins. Um, but yeah, just don't do that. It's not, mm-hmm. <laughs> doesn't, it's not accurate nor helpful. Um, this next one, <laughs> this is just Mel in a nutshell. Keep it simple. <laughs> <laughs> um, and I did much better at this than I used to, uh, overthinking practice plans. Uh, still did it a few times, uh, <laughs> where I spent all this time, like, then we're gonna have this person go here and this person go there and, da, 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 da. and then we get there. I'm like, oh, I don't have enough time for that. Mm-hmm. Uh, so keeping it simple so that you can focus on the things that are actually meaningful in the moment. I know as coaches, we have to prepare, we have to be ready and <laughs> we have to be present. Um, so I used to get so wrapped up in the preparation piece that by the time I got to practice, I was exhausted <laughs> and then like, didn't even have the energy to be able to correct someone's swing. Like, I don't, I don't know what you're doing. Just, uh, see the ball, hit the ball. Uh-huh. <laughs> uh, so keeping it simple was a big one for me specifically in practice. I did a much better job in games too, like not overthinking, like they're at bats and giving them a bunch of feedback as they're in the box and talking a lot in between innings like you you've got what you need physically uh fundamentally at this point or you've got what you got (laughs) like yes we might need to work on something in between uh at practice but in the moment i did a much better job focusing on what's the situation how can this girl be successful right now what are the things we need to do how do we get runners in scoring position that kind of thing um, so that was a big learning curve for me. I don't know. I'm definitely more of an overthinker than you when it comes to that. How do you keep it simple? <laughs> um, I think the one thing specifically I can re- relate to is um, during postseason for the last mm. 15, 10, 10, 11 years, it's been by the time we get to postseason, my kind of thought process and philosophy is. If we haven't mm-hmm. learned it by now, we're not going to learn it. And it, nor is it any, it, nor is it important to focus on the, those certain little details. Like all they need at this point are repetitions, right? They mm-hmm. need tons of ground balls, some, some throwing around team defense and some swings. Mm-hmm. We're not yeah. going to fix any swings at this point. Um, now we may focus on a specific opponent and their strengths or weaknesses and things that we can do in order to be successful against that opponent. But um, during our season, uh, we kept our hitting very simple by mm-hmm. focusing a lot on situational hitting because I, we didn't necessarily understand what that meant. Mm-hmm. Um, and that kind of bled into, and this is a thing that we'll really talk about in detail during, um, you know, the next episode, I guess, mm-hmm. is that we had to focus really on team, 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 and not me, mm-hmm. me, me. So yeah. in order to be successful as a team, what do we need to do with a runner on two when you're up to bat? Mm-hmm. And that was, that was a really big focus that we had of mm. situational hitting. And what did, what are you supposed to do with a runner on three? And how do you shift your mindset, right? To, yep. I want to hit versus let's hit the RBI. No, I need a hit. Yes. Usually. Yes. Uh-huh. I need a hit. Yes. Uh-huh. Yeah, change the language of what it actually is. I need a hit. <clears throat> and if I am not successful, then I am upset. Well, no, actually success means with a runner on two, you're really trying to focus on getting it to the right side. Mm-hmm. Let's focus on that. So that was keeping it simple. Mm-hmm. We weren't working on these like super detailed, like hitting 
um, you know, breaking down the hitting. Did we do that some? Yeah, but it was real more just basic stuff like that. And I think when yeah. we, when you can make it simple, the kids understand it better. They have one thing to focus on. Mm-hmm. And then when it counts, that's when you hope that, that the repetition of keeping something simple was successful. Yeah. Oh, I love it. And that brings me to my last one. Number five, they need to feel good too. <laughs> so I especially with mental sweet spot stuff of uh, doing a ton of challenge drills and like make it hard make them work um which yes absolutely um but i kind of <laughs> glossed over like the little fundamental work like i taught them their every day and then was just like go <laughs> um so <sighs> my most sad things was in those uh end of year evals i did it beginning of the season like after fall and then going into spring the the end of spring one of the biggest differences was how confident are you in yourself and then the separate question how confident are you in the team and almost everyone's confidence went down after season so i'm like mother if which is valid because we didn't perform up to what we wanted to uh, did not have the outcomes we wanted. However, in my head, I know they improved. I know they did a great job. So what that tells me is I need to also incorporate uh, drills, practices, um, feedback, pointing out things that actually remind them of how good they are. We did, we counted wins in the fall, just like get them, get them used to that. And then I fell off in the spring, did the classic mistake that we tell people not to do and did not follow up. Uh, So really focusing on that, like, hey, they need to feel good, which means real proof from their own perspective, not just you telling them you're good, real proof like, (laughs) hey, see, you did just feel that ground ball. Oh, look, you can make a backhand. Oh, you can hit a change up Uh, and working in like drills that help them prove that not in a way that like they know it's easy like i'm not gonna just roll them a ground ball and say, see you're fine like no i'll crush some at them as well but in a way that like they can build up to it and just remember i had one of my freshmen actually she's so self-aware uh, she's like coach i just need i just need to see it <laughs> i need to see it a couple of times like yeah that's very valid pretty much everyone feels that way too i just need to like have a couple reps in a row where I get it and I make that good throw. Um, so building that into practice as well, and not just worrying about like, yeah, well, we've got to be able to hit this sack fly, or we've got to be able to uh, do this first and third properly, blah, blah, blah. Um, so building that into, and not just mindless reps either. I was like, they're good. Just get some reps. Like, no, giving them specific feedback individually would have been more helpful in the season as well. Um, so yeah, that was a, a learning point for me. Oops. Sorry, girls. <laughs> you know, and I think, I think we'd be remiss to say like, we, we learn every day too. And, it, uh-huh. and it's easy to say to other coaches, do this, do that, but like, you've got to live it too, but it's also like learning, you know? And, oh God. Yeah. And I all, think we have a million things to learn. <laughs> yeah. And you've been out of coaching for four years. I was only out of coaching for one with the COVID year and it still mm-hmm. felt like an eternity. And I think that that's, <laughs> that's true too. Like you just have to give them those successful things and like celebrate all the little wins, mm-hmm. like great backhand. Like that was awesome. You know, and I've got a good story about my freshman second baseman that I'll share next week about, okay. about working through something together. Yeah. Uh-huh. And 
And this kid, I tell you, I just can't wait to talk about her because the the pure joy in her face when she made Aww. the first play, like it was just awesome. And I think that that's <laughs> what you got to come back to sometimes yeah. and realize that it's okay to take a practice or even a week to break yeah. things down and hell, mm-hmm. even a month if you have to, mm-hmm. um, because at the end of the day, they got to be able to perform because yep. that's what they want to do and to help them achieve those goals. I think because we've got to do everything we can to help them. And in building that confidence along right with them by that, you know, feedback, productive feedback is really what's mm-hmm. so important. So, ah, yes. And now I'm ready to practice again. We got a long time. Yeah, that would be our fall ball, breaking it down. Right. No, but I'm really proud of you for those five things you learned because, Thanks. and I'm proud of you for writing them down. I mean, it's good reflection, right? That's a lot of good reflection. Yeah. And I think that yeah. I've, I've had some time to do that too after our season. And I'm excited to talk about it. But, um, it wasn't, it wasn't without a lot of ups and downs and a lot of Mm -hmm. tears and a lot of, wow. (laughs) Mm -hmm. But, um, you know, I'm at the end of the day, I'm, I will always forever be proud of my kids regardless. Mm -hmm. Outcome outcome isn't as important. Um, I've really Mm -hmm. recognized that. And I had a, I had that moment in the year as well that I'll share next week. Yeah. Um, that was really, really, uh, good for me too. Yeah. Yes, I agree. It's, I, I stick with it. What it, how did I, how did I word it? Five things I learned from my favorite and least successful season. <laughs> so yeah, I hands down, and I don't want any coaches listening to us to think like, Oh, they're acting like the experts. Nope. There nope. is no expert Mm-mm. in real life. Um, Mm-mm. like I have come a long way, especially thanks to Alicia and mental sweet spot. Um, and there were still days where I like wanted to cry. <laughs> It's like, God, maybe I'm not where I should be. I should be better than this. Uh, so if you're feeling that kind of way, you're not alone. Uh, and <laughs> you'll get through it. Because then again, by the end of the day, that's the whole point is by the end of the season, did they learn some things? Did they have fun? Did they get better? And yeah. the answer was yes. I was like, Phew. okay, we're good. <laughs> yeah. And like, we all need that coach to talk to or that friend to talk to. And Lord knows yes. you've done that for me for years. And this year was yes. the first year you got to call me and be like, yeah. Mel, check yourself. <laughs> I knew it was coming too. I'm like, she's going to, yeah, yeah. Yep. Thanks. Thanks. Need that. <laughs> and it's okay. Like, it's okay. Because without, without the people that surround me all the time to talk to and to vent to and to like talk things through, like I uh-huh. would go crazy. And I yeah. think that. Um, there is no expertise here. It's just experience that we share. And mm-hmm. Lord knows that there's just as much of my career as I've been successful as not successful with. And, you mm-hmm. know, learning from those experiences have helped me with, a, with future issues, I guess, or issues or things that yeah. come along. And, and the other thing we'll talk mm-hmm. about is the kids are different. They're okay. different now than they were five yeah. years ago, 10 years ago. And I think one of the biggest keys as coaches is we have to learn to adapt to them. They don't need to adapt to us. Nope. Nope, nope, nope. And it's not that hard. It is hard to like adapt your personal style. That takes time. Yes. But the rewards are so instant, it's worth it. Yeah. And if you remember it's not about you, then you can remember that it's like mm-hmm. you have to be willing to change. And you know, Lord knows the older I get, the harder it is to change. So it is one cool. area of my life that I that I have felt like I am the most flexible with and in, in learning how to adapt. I'm not always successful at it right away, but in order mm-hmm. for me to be a quote unquote successful coach, and I don't define success by wins. 
or trophies. I define success of what you just mentioned. Did the kids have fun? Did they learn something? And are they going to get something from me they can carry on through life? Mm -hmm. um, then I was successful. Um, mm -hmm. And I can be successful, even though I had a losing season, just, just like you did too. But mm -hmm. um, when you learn how to redefine success too, and what's really important, then it's a lot easier to make those changes and adapt. Mm -hmm. And that is a wrap for today's episode. Friends, thank you again so much for joining us and sticking with us. If you were here since the beginning, we have a lot more coming your way. I got a couple episodes already banked. We've got more to talk about with Alicia's season, which was awesome. You're going to love and more guests lined up. So stick with us. We've also got consulting gigs coming up. So if you're interested in that, you need to reach out soon. Alicia's plate is filling up very quickly. Uh, and I will be adding more resources for coaches. So stay tuned to that. Reach out to us if you're interested and we will let you know when that's up and ready. All right. Thanks guys. Have a good one.